0: Welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Fasini. Here, joining me today, it is the triumphant return of Dieter Kurtenbach. He's here. He is supposed to drive to Boise at some point in the next couple <laughs> weeks to go get a dog. Yeah. Uh, he is a mess right now, Dieter. Oh, uh, Always. I, I, how are you going, man? I'm,
1: I'm good. I mean, listen, uh, better to be a hot mess when no one ever has to see you than... Not and I'm usually a hot mess, so this is this is par for the course for me.
0: I finally just uh, went and got a haircut last week. How'd that go? Um, Great! Uh, It's one of the better haircuts I feel like I've gotten down here in Los Angeles. And do you
1: do you have a prescribed barber? Do you have like a person that you go to? Okay,
0: I don't, Um, but I might start because this haircut was really good. Excellent. It's just and like part of it is too. Like I've gone so long without a haircut, my hair Uh was like literally down below, like, eye level. Oh, like, boy. I had, like, full-on, like, bangs down below eye level.
1: Get that um, fringe.
0: Yeah, it was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> this guy cut the, cut the hair, and it was great. And yeah. I, I can't tell if it was, like, I had gone so long without having a right. human being haircut that I'm overrating the haircut, or if it was a really good haircut.
1: Only one way to find out, and that's to do it again. My, my concern, because the Bay Area uh, is 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 – Uh, staying locked down a little longer than everybody else. Uh, They want to definitely uh, make sure that this thing stays slightly abated to whatever degree it's being abated. Um, so Alameda County, where I live, uh, we're still pretty much on lockdown. I think we finally get, like, basic retail opening on, on Friday. But um, my barber uh, on the island of Alameda, like, we we have a good relationship. Like, this is the first barber that I felt, like, strongly about in my entire life. And uh, he ain't open. And I don't know when he's going to be open. And there's a level of uh, <laughs> frustration to that because there are all the other counties surrounding us, I think, are allowed to do barber shops in the next couple of couple of weeks and i was just up in seattle and they had it and i'm coming down to la this next weekend and they have open barbershops but like i don't know i I, like the the relationship between a man and a barber i didn't understand it when all these guys would talk about like oh it's a sacred bond you can't you can't possibly break that up now i totally understand it and uh i'm gonna tip 200 percent whenever it comes back because (laughs) um heather heather cut my hair uh and it it did a pretty darn good job considering uh uh (laughs) The the nest that it was, and uh, and her experience level, which was nil. But uh, it's it's starting to get a little bit frazzly again. The uh, the the porcupine on the top of my head is starting to grow out a little bit. So I I need I need my man to come back. But that that bond, I'm I'm, I'm not going to cheat on. Him. I just I've decided that I'm not going to do it. And if 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 it all goes to hell from here, I guess um so be it.
0: So can you explain to me why you're going to Boise to get a dog?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> um what Heather's working from home, which is also why I'm outside. If you hear the extra uh, noises, that's because uh, this is my office now. I have been uh, kicked out of the house because uh, I had a great office set up and had the podcasting rig and all that stuff and a great video cam, and that's Heather's now. She has uh, the best <laughs> Google meetings known to man. Uh, she's just It's incredible. The lighting is tremendous. Uh, standing desk and all this stuff. It's just good stuff. And um, so I get to sit wait, outside. Wait,
0: wait. Heather is like a foot shorter than you. How does the standing desk work
1: we don't get the full optimization of the standing desk, which only only puts a little more salt in the wound it's it's more of <laughs> it gets out she sits most of the time too she got this really cool chair yeah it's great um so uh, I don't get to use that space anymore I get to go outside and uh and, and you know what nature's great but uh during this time, we' figured okay well we we've been talking about getting a dog. we were going to get married this summer uh that got pushed out because I'm not allowed in Scotland, so that would have been kind of a problem for our wedding. And, uh, so we say, okay, well, we were going to get married. Then we were going to get a dog. Then we were going to have kids. Let's mix it up a little bit. Uh, so now we have three, three year olds running around now. Um, and so, uh, we decided to get the dog. There was a run on dogs in the Bay area because everybody's at home. They have opportunity to, you know, take care of a puppy full time as opposed to before when they definitely didn't and shouldn't have been having dogs, uh, So we we found a lady outside of Sacramento, and we were, like, on the waiting list, put down these deposits and all this stuff. Sacramento's not that bad. We figured that's how far we had to go out to get a dog. Uh, Then she just ghosted us. Like, (laughs) the dog was supposed to be pregnant, was supposed to be born right around now. And we got a call last week, and she's like, yeah, they're not even pregnant yet. So we're like, uh... This kind of sucks because now the timeline is kind of getting screwed up. If Heather, you know, does go back to work, then it's just going to be me and this dog. And I uh, can't be good for the long-term viability of this dog. So uh, <laughs> I just looked around. Uh, we had just driven up to Seattle, and it was it's about 13 hours just I-5 the entire way up. Um, I felt like I'm pretty good at it. Uh, there's one skill that curtain box have innately into their system. It's the ability to sit and drive long distances. Like we should have been long haul truckers by trade. Um, So I'm like, shit, I can drive anywhere. Like we can go to Boise. We can go to salt lakes. I can, I can drive anywhere. And um, yeah, I really put that to the limit because the, uh, first person who got back to us, and it seems like a good dog, you know, or whatever. They have some puppies available. They're born, like they exist. I can see them. And so, in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll drive up to Boise, a city that we've wanted to visit for a while because uh, everybody in the Bay Area has these fantasies of going and moving to Boise because um, it doesn't cost anything to live there. Uh- <laughs> So, uh, we'll drive up there and and pick up a dog, and then uh, good luck to this dog on the the nine-hour drive back. That that should be a doozy.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, our cats get frustrated in the car after 30 minutes, I would say. (laughs) Uh, Like, really just, like, restless.
1: Yeah. They don't
0: like the car, and they really don't want to be in the car. Yeah. But they can deal with it. They meow, but they're like, you know, okay, we're we're comfortable with this right now. Penny is ecstatic. Our dog just is loves the car. Loves loves the car. She yeah. she loves being with us cuz uh Penny is attached desperately to my wife Laura. <laughs> I will Sounds not leave right. her side at yeah. any point. Period. Huh. So, as long as Laura is there, she's ecstatic to be in the car. Uh the dog should be fine in the car. Yeah, it's eight weeks okay. old.
1: I mean, I don't think it will know much from much. Um we'll see how how well we do in the car um because we're going to have to be stopping rather frequently, I imagine, and uh that could that we might end up in Reno for the night, which is, you know, something we've always both dreamed of, so um should be good times. No. <laughs> actually, actually if you want a little no. insider insider travel tip here, uh there's a really nice residence in, in Sparks, Nevada, just outside of Reno. It's like brand new. <laughs> God, Don't ask me Peter. why. What I are that?
0: you doing? I had to why? Because
1: because because the curtain box having a name skill, I had to drive a car from Chicago to uh, Oakland in the span of like three days. So uh, that oh, was a, no, that was that's where I stopped. All
0: right, we're uh, we're going to talk about the bubble today. We Yay. are going to talk. Uh, just yeah, we we're going to talk a little bit about sports. Like the baseball thing is very weird to me. We'll talk a little bit about movies. Um, you you kind of read through this. 113 page health and safety manual, or at least skimmed the outlines like I did. Um, where are you at on this thing? This, the, the bubble seems very strange and hilarious. It gave us the incredible yacht club, uh, on, what was that? I guess it would have been Tuesday when all of this information got released. Uh, all the teams in the middle of the league that are just running the treadmill <laughs> of mediocrity, they are now referred to as the yacht club. It's- they are not referred to as anything else.
1: It's so damn good. Um, again, it's the slander I, I didn't know I needed until it came across my timeline. Um, just this yacht ass, yacht club-ass team out here, you know, pretending to be something more than it is. Uh, yeah, where do I stand on it? I mean, I, I want to concede on at the onset that this is unprecedented and preposterously tricky from a logistical standpoint, no one's ever had to do this. We have people making millions of dollars, six figures in the NBA league office. We have the players and the owners in cahoots on this, despite what Kyrie Irving thinks Um, like everybody's rowing in the same direction and it's still, Impossibly hard as just a baseline challenge to make this thing seamless. Um, seems as if uh, most of the baseline health and safety stuff is is logical. I don't know. I, I, I certainly can't take offense to any of it. Um, that said, I don't have to live in it, so maybe that's 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 the difference. Um, I just loved the. The stuff about like one the hotels the hotels the fact that they actually had a hotel draft is is incredible and um, yeah. uh, it's everything I ever needed and then uh, <laughs> and then like the we're gonna have a DJ set and we're gonna have a movie night on the lawn and uh, you can bring your own manicurist it's it's just some of the the details which of course had to be hashed out which everything has to be prescribed. In this because it is a bubble. it is a biodome. you need to have a controlled environment. Uh, everything that had to be prescribed it is just a, it's an interesting viewpoint for those who aren't around the MBA every day into sort of what the MBA has around it every day. And uh, none of it really came as a shock to me per se, but um, it's still really funny to be listed out in tweets just coming out one after the other.
0: Yeah, any NBA player who wants to start a movie podcast based off the movies they watch in the <laughs> bubble, please get at me. What was the Jason? Uh, what I was didn't...
1: the Jason Concepcion line? Like, who's gonna uh, put up a torrent of uh, a cam footage Black Widow because they're gonna get some of these <laughs> these uh, these Marvel movies that haven't been released yet? Like, they'll be able to get them before everybody else. That's does. amazing. Yeah,
0: I didn't think about that. That's incredible. they're definitely gonna get Black Widow before anyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll find out based on tweets if it's any good or not. Like, I I can't wait for Kyle Kuzma's opinion on the matter.
0: Yeah, I demand to know what Kuzma's thoughts are on uh, (laughs) Scarlett Johansson and David Harbour and Black Widow. I
1: don't know. Like I I, I, I joked earlier. Like, what are movies? But like, I, I really like. Obviously, we have Netflix and Prime Video and all this stuff, and we can rent stuff. But like, I really miss going to the movies. I feel like that's the thing that
0: oh, that's yeah. almost
1: bothering me more than anything else. I can't imagine how you feel.
0: Yeah, no, like a hundred percent. We like I go to uh, Laura and I go to what something like I think we went to thirty-five to forty movies last year. Yeah, something along those lines, like essentially a movie every ten days. That's wild. Because uh, we have AMC subs or AMC Movie Pass or whatever a list.
1: Right. Whatever you got the there. stubs.
0: And we we seriously significantly love going to the movies. Um, I, it's it's like a real question in my mind whether or not I will go whenever they start opening them up again.
1: They're start, they're uh, supposed to open them up down in L.A. pretty soon, no?
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. AMC
1: they, is saying like he's pushing end of,
0: it. <laughs> Yeah, at the end of uh, June, I think they're closed until, and then maybe they'll open up again in July. Yeah. Uh, I know that Tenet right now is set for July 31st to Ooh, open. That ain't, that ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit skeptical. But they continue just to like push it back by weeks at a time as opposed to Fast yeah. Five or Fast Nine, which got moved back a year basically immediately. And then Black Widow and No Time to Die got moved back to November. Uh, I think No Time to Die might mm. even got gotten pushed back a little bit more. Um, so it's fascinating to me just to see what. Everyone is going to do, uh, within the movie industry. Uh, there have been some like pretty good like Netflix releases, like The Five Bloods. I thought was amazing. I thought yeah, like, maybe we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about that at the end. I thought it was just absolutely amazing. One okay. of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, but maybe, you know, there, there are a few other movies. Like I liked Arkansas enough. I liked. I liked the Lovebirds enough, but, like, it's hard to tell if I just missed movies <laughs> so much that yeah. I liked the Lovebirds. Um, but, no, like, it's it's been hard for me. It's been really, really hard. I really enjoy going to the movies, and yeah. uh, we, we need to get movies back. And, again, please, uh, any NBA player, hit me. If, if you want to start movie podcast
1: <laughs> well, I mean just I, 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 my my image of it is that basically it's like the uh the local park district putting up the the projector and putting homeward bound on a crappy d v d player that that projects onto a small screen as everybody all, a bunch of seven footers just sprawled out on blankets outside watching of, homeward uh, bound yeah, <laughs> just watch outside the yacht club, uh, just taking it all in.
0: Oh my god! Um,
1: Can you imagine a bunch of MVA players just sitting around crying to the opening scene of Up?
0: <laughs> have you uh, have you read through like some of this stuff? Like what happens if a player like leaves the campus? Uh,
1: no, no. Give me the deets on that.
0: So, like, basically, they're saying that if a player like leaves the bubble, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna have to like quarantine for ten days. So they're going to, and like any game that they miss during that time, like they're going to be suspended for that game.
1: Who's right? going to do it? league. Hey, really? No, no, no. I'm saying who's going to do it anyway.
0: Who's going to leave the bubble? Um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone will, to be honest.
1: Luckily, I think it's going to like, be hard. Well, there's two things going against leaving the bubble right now. One, uh, it's definitely safer in the bubble than it might be outside of the bubble in Orlando. And two, um, no offense to the fine folks of Central Florida, but um, you're leaving the bubble to go to Orlando. So i um, not really sure what the upside is there, all things considered. Well,
0: there's that, and there's now the uh, the hotline that NBA players can call if someone's breaking the rules. Please,
1: please refer to it by its proper name, the stitch line.
0: I thought you were going to say the Chris Paul one.
1: Oh god. I, I, I yeah, the, the photos of Chris Paul just on the phone. It's so good. Though I did I did like the one I don't remember who posted it. I'm sorry. Um with, with Rob Polinka just on the phone being like I'd like to report both the Bucks and the Clippers for being out and about and then making out with each other.
0: It's so funny to me, like, speaking of executives, like, I've been talking to a bunch of executives over the course of the last couple of weeks just trying to, like, figure out what's going on with the draft, and, like, very few executives that I've talked to have any desire to go to this bubble. They're it's, like, no, I'm good.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. I, I th- I've i talked to Bob Myers about this a couple of times, and Bob obviously views a big part of his job is sort of being um, – psychologist, if you will, to the players and being somebody who can help Steve Kerr out with the day-to-day bullshit that was going on with that team over the last couple of years. Um, He was Kevin Durant's psychologist, essentially, uh, Bob Myers. So he would travel with the team. But one of the things he said is, like, I don't really need to be here, but I really want to be here, so I just show up. And, like, they're not going to tell me I can't because I'm the goddamn president of basketball operations. Like, what are they going to do? And now – but, like, it, I I just think about that all the time. Like, what GM would actually want to show up to this? And, two, like, they don't need to be there anyway. Like, what, what are they doing in that environment? Now, maybe they do need the psychologist, the psychiatrist a little bit more um, amid the bubble environment, but – yeah, I, I can't imagine there's going to be too many uh, GMs or executives of any sort hanging out in the bubble. They'll be like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll get it on TV, man." Like, there's no reason for me to be there.
0: Yeah, like I think that they're allowing any uh, every team. What is it? It's like 35 to 50 people. I forget what the number
1: is. Yeah, I think I think it's 35. 35 total. Is it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, it's going to be pretty tricky. Actually, and then like they're going to be doing regular testing like throughout this entire thing. And I don't think like any any executive that can get away from having to do regular testing is going to be like, Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want that. <laughs> I, yeah, the last don't. thing
1: I want is those cotton swabs up my nose every day, right? All that the time. Looks
0: miserable. There was a video of Ian Poulter, like, doing oh, wow. one that just looked terrible, like, it looked one of the things absolutely miserable
1: one of the things that major League baseball was pushing and I read a lot about this stuff uh, that is not to say in any way that I'm an expert but um, a lot of kind of the strange and obscure amid uh, the pandemic world kind of does come across my my eyelids um one of the things they were talking about saliva testing I don't know where that stands currently um, in terms mm-hmm. of viability but yeah, if, if I'm the MBA, uh, let's let's really push it. And I made a joke on the radio the other day, like NASA and and their effort to do. This bold and audacious thing has, has given us so much technology that's now made it to the consumer realm. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if the NBA or Major League Baseball, because they need to have baseball to make their damn money, they need to have basketball to make their damn money, if they, like, pioneered saliva testing and basically <laughs> were the Patreons of, of saliva testing, and then we all have saliva testing, we can kind of just go about our days normally without having to get cotton swabs up the nose?
0: Be amazing. I, I, like I That'd really think that like the NBA, MLB, etc., should be like trying to fund as many studies as possible, just Absolutely. because like find like they have enough money. I mean, regardless yeah. of what the MLB <laughs> will tell you, it's that not, whole thing it's not,
1: is it's not that profitable of a business, Sam.
0: That whole thing, I you know what? Like I can understand that like right. maybe cash on hand, you know, sure. is not like a wildly profitable thing. But when you're organizational values increase by 11% on average every year. Yeah. And a lot of them over the course of the last decade and a half have spiked significantly more than that. Like it gone time. up like four times as much. Keep it on the whole like, uh, oh yeah, we're not all that profitable. If you sold your team tomorrow, you'd make four times as much as what you paid for it. Probably if you bought the team seven years ago.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, I, part of me is, like, if you have a house and it's worth a million dollars, are you really a millionaire? Like, yes. On paper, yes. Like, if you own that house outright, the bank does not own it. Um, at the same time, like, someone has to buy it. And not to uh, cite Tillman Fertitta, who has not exactly uh, covered himself in glory over the last couple of months here. But, like, he is not lying when he says that there are not a lot of people out there buying yachts right now. And... Uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's changed given the rate of the stock market increase, but like in order to in order to extract value from these things, you have to have a buyer, whether that be you know through equity buyout or whatever you have to have a buyer. So I, I'm not um, listen, the baseball owners are pleading a level of poverty that that isn't true, but um, the general consensus from like the fans being like, well, these you know these values have gone up x, x and X. Is there a line of people to buy the assets? Maybe? But you have to put them on the market. you actually have to get the money for them. Um, that's just funny yeah, to tell them
0: the, the thing is with like MLB teams, for instance, like we're seeing this with the Mets, right like right. there is a line of people that will Buy the Mets. For sure. Like if for they sure. Ever decides like officially put themselves on the market again. You're like telling Steve me Cohen would like immediately like, yes, I want to buy the Mets.
1: You're telling me that there's an asset that's going to improve eleven percent every year. Like fuck yeah. Like in yeah, a second. Of course. Yeah.
0: And yeah. has a chance to like continue to spike occasionally? Yes. hundred percent.
1: And plays into your ego? Hell yeah.
0: Right, it's a vanity no, like purchase, like in every way.
1: And this is and this is my and this is maybe my issue. I read this great book called Soccernomics way while back, and one of the tenets of being uh, a great owner in uh, of a soccer team in Europe or really anywhere is that um, you have to treat it like a vanity project. It cannot be something to make money because you will lose because there are enough people around that use it solely as a vanity project to where they right. are happy to lose money on it because it's a PR play, and that's why you have all the the, the Middle East, Gulf oil countries, um, you know, buying up teams and just using it as a PR thing because, oh, you feel better about the UAE now that they own Manchester City and saved them from, you know, perpetual mediocrity and turned them into a, a super club, like all that. Um, baseball seems to have a outside in the NBA. I mean, what 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 are Joe of and Peter Gruber doing? Like, yes, it's a business, but like they're it's a vanity play. Um, they were millionaires in a world of billionaires, and now they have the asset uh, and they get to laugh. Same thing with, you know, a Gruber, goober and Magic Johnson bought the Dodgers. Now, most American professional sports teams um, have a salary cap. So there's a level of restraint that's built into the system. Baseball obviously doesn't. But I could argue that it does with the competitive balance tax that they have. So there's already kind of a salary cap. Nevertheless, like baseball seems to have an outsized number of owners that really do treat it like an ATM that really do view it as just a business asset only and will consistently operate in the margins as to come out profitable year in and year out, whereas the teams that seem to be... And the irony is now that um, because everybody turned into the Oakland Days, who originated this bullshit model, um, every team is now the Oakland Days. These teams are wildly successful. Think about the teams that are winning World Series. They're the ones that have tanked. And some had to tank longer than others, but they've all been tanking. And they're all winning on sort of the NFL uh, rookie quarterback scale model of uh, get young guys, hold onto them for seven years on the cheap, and then figure it out later Uh, and just constantly have the farm system. So, the entire that, that entire system is completely fucked and um, it's not surprising that we've had all of this you know nonsense even though there is a collective bargaining agreement because the system is completely fucked and by the way the players are as much as everyone wants to side with the players because we all see ourselves in the players like the players are also screwing over their fellow players the high paid ones aren't doing anything to help the guys who are making you know 600k Cody Bellinger makes 600k last year and he won the national league mvp because the model is based on cheap labor these days um none of that is being fixed in any of this but it, it, it's a really bad look and they're going to have a very long lockout slash strike after the 2021 season but um yeah it makes me it makes me you know happy for the nba that there are guys like cuban and um there are more owners that not at least in my estimation that um don't try to run it like you know the mom and pop family business and are willing to spend money to make money and kind of um, use the equity and collateral that they have in the increasing values of franchises to actually improve the experience for fans. What a novel goddamn concept.
0: Yeah, I can't get behind you on the players being at fault with the MLB
1: stuff. Fair enough. I'll hear you.
0: if, If there was any sort of transparency in regard to Mm -hmm. the ownership side explaining why they should be the only people who get to experience the excessive gains that come with the MLB's, you know, just explosive, uh, you know, franchise valuations over the course Mm -hmm. of the last uh, 10 years in comparison to the fact that you look at player salaries, they haven't really risen. Okay. But Sam, Sam,
1: I don't mean to to be, and interrupt you here, but like you're telling me that Garrett Cole and Mike Trout didn't, benefit by the increased values the the top level players have no been.
0: because no like what are you really talking haven't. about
1: mike trout like has they a haven't. billion
0: dollar contract yeah but they're not getting paid on a year per on a year per year basis like a ton more than what uh for instance alex rodriguez was making a decade ago
1: i mean it's it's what was alex rodriguez You're just contract? getting more
0: security because what he signed the um 10-year 250 two- and then he signed another one with the yankees
1: it was 275 at some point, I think. But, like, okay, uh, you're right. You're right. Maybe, maybe there's there's been a marginal decrease on that end. But Garrett Cole still got $330 million this past offseason. We still have record-setting valuations outside of perhaps the one. Okay, l-
0: let, me, let me rephrase. Yeah. MLB players have not seen their salaries rise commensurately
1: Correct. with the way
0: – that franchise values have exploded over the course of the last decade. And why and
1: and wh- and why, why? is that? I would argue that the median salary – and I don't have this data. This is just a guess on my behalf. The median salary has gone up. It, the issue is that they still – that the entire league, again, has built this model off of really cheap labor and that they've decided to do it. And so when you have Justin Verlander, who makes a million dollars a start – and, um, and, and Cole and, and some of these guys who are you – know, Scherzer makes a million dollars to start. These guys who are out there saying, like, this is ridiculous, and yes, they have a case. I'm not arguing that they don't have a case, so they just don't have that great of a case. It's not like I so, feel that so much like, sympathy for them when they're arguing for it, but they're not arguing for the lower-level guys, and the lower-level guys are the ones who need to stop being exploited here.
0: Right, but I don't really think they're being exploited because part of being a lower-level salaried guy is the aspirational – ability to believe that you can become a higher paid that's guy.
1: some trickle-down economics bullshit you know, like you're but, right but like in that, the mlb that's, it's, it's not, how they sell it to themselves that's how they sell it to themselves like
0: but, but in here's the thing though in major league baseball it's actually not because of the way that the salary system is structured with the way that MLB teams basically own these guys for six years uh, at a low number. For and, that's six what
1: I, and, and that's what I'm saying. That That's the model that needs I mean, to be that's, fixed.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like that's absolutely the biggest problem with baseball right now is that the best players don't get a salary commensurate with their skill level, um, you know, other than Mike Trout right now, because Mike Trout finally got to the point where he could reach free agency. Right. But, you know, you look at, a lot of the best players like Ronald Acuna, right? Yeah. Like Ronald Acuna before signing his extension, which was a disaster, but like that was his choice to sign the extension. Right. Like Ronald Acuna was making under a million dollars a year. Garrett Cole, back when he pitched for uh, the pirates mm-hmm. was making $560,000 a year. I remember and he was a, and he was a first the first round pirates. pick. <laughs> he was number one overall pick. Like we're yeah. getting even first round pick. So like, I think that that's the, that's the enormous issue. And I'll tell you, uh, just in terms of overall team payrolls, uh, the league average payroll, or the let's say the 15th uh, overall payroll in 2019 with Cincinnati Reds at, uh, I believe it was 104 on their 25-man roster. In okay. 2010, uh, the league average payroll was 92. Yeah. So, no. like, you're talking about a jump of. 10, like that's not a lot. That's just not. It's not much. And the bigger problem, the bigger issue that I have with it is that MLB ownership continues to not be transparent with what is actually going in and out of their books.
1: I agree with that. That's, I agree with that. 100%. That's the number
0: I'm, one thing here.
1: I'm not taking the ownership side. I'm just saying that it, it does take two to tango here, and uh, I, I have uh, not enjoyed uh, everyone playing uh, labor lawyer cosplay on Twitter pretending as if these, you know, multimillionaires are somehow uh, fighting for the proletariat side of things when they're not even fighting for the proletariat inside of their own union and don't seem all that interested in all of it because they keep pushing this nonsensical. It might be it might be accurate, but it, it, this is if this is the best they got, it's not good enough. They keep pushing this notion of. Like, oh, well, you know, don't you want to be Mike Trout one day? Yeah, well, for every Mike Trout, there's a bunch of guys who aren't. In fact, everybody else isn't. Don't you want to be Garrett Cole one day? Like, things worked out pretty damn well for Garrett Cole. But for every one of him, there's somebody who has to sign a one-year deal on a make good because, you know, they, they didn't have a good year going in. They didn't win the World Series the year going out. Like, it, it's – um. The entire system's broken, and I that I
0: agree with. The entire system in baseball is broken, and the
1: and there's an easy and and there's a really easy solution to it, and it's going to take a full damn year of no baseball, which is going to cripple it in in a way that it's already crippling itself, but uh, beyond whatever's going on now off the field. um, But it's going to cripple it in in a very serious way in in the near future when they do have the CBA expire at the end of the 2021 season. But uh, when when the owner suggested a year of revenue sharing for obvious, obvious crass, you know, craven reasons, knowing why they did it, which is basically like we're pretending as if there's not going to be any money coming in. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. Some teams it will be some teams. It won't be. Um, We'll do a revenue sharing for one year. And the players, they didn't even put it in the real proposal. It was just floated through the media. And the players lost their goddamn minds. And you look at every other league. And, and it, was, it was at the same time, by the way, that the NBA, which has revenue share, and the players who have fought tooth and nail to get to 50-50 of uh, basketball-related income, uh, looked, at, looked at the situation, said, uh, there's a lot of money on the line for us. Uh, we're going to need to play. And then uh, got together in an afternoon and more or less got the entire bubble thing started and got a little bit of momentum about it. Uh, For the Major League Baseball players to be like, it is unbelievable. Uh, We're never doing a salary cap, not realizing that there is currently a a, a de facto salary cap in place. So good luck with that one, boys. And then, two, the notion of of revenue sharing. Like... it would just be, it would make things so much easier. But the way that the, the players do it, because they want to hold out to this sort of trickle down, um, you know, bootstrap, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps economy situation that they got going on, is totally ridiculous to me. Just just do revenue splitting, have a salary cap, you already have one, like, and, and, and let's call it a day, and so we don't have to have issues like this anymore. So you're fighting over 1% as of post fighting over the entire damn pie every single time that you guys have to get together and negotiate a CBA.
0: Yeah, I get that. I, I understand what you're saying. It's just really hard for me to even remotely take the side of billionaires versus millionaires in this. Like, there is such a substantial difference between billionaires and millionaires. I know. I'm not, I'm not arguing. Essentially, no essentially yeah. Saying and essentially, <laughs> <laughs> right. And at the end of the day, what ends up happening is... Is even with the case that you're making, which I do think is rational and logical, the end result of that is skepticism on the side of the millionaires when they're fighting billionaires, and I just can't fuck with that. Like I, I can't. I know? get that.
1: Here, here's my here's my thought. Uh, it, it seems as if in this entire thing, they're not realizing that the ones who are paying for all of this are the thousandaires. Yeah, like that's it. Fair when Adam Silver said uh, 40% of our revenue comes from fans it's like ah no it it's 100% uh just some of it's indirect uh right. uh we we pay all of this now you know maybe not us as much as others because uh we're media and we get in for free and we've really wedged ourselves into this wonderful industry that uh provides a tremendous amount of stress on a daily basis for that right but uh it's it, it just it it is it is laughable to me reading our our colleagues in the media pretending as if they're who are they working for? I mean, there's not a lot of like pro owner statements out there to be honest. And I get it because again, it's, you know, you're billionaires versus millionaires and no one wants to take the side of the man. Um, I get that. I'm not arguing with it. And and there are plenty of things that I can go on and on about how the owners suck. And you've mentioned most of them already. Uh, and, And everyone wants to take the side of the millionaires. Like, aren't we supposed to be working for the fans? Isn't the entire premise of this industry that we're supposed to be for the fans but everybody just seems to want to be putting themselves in every agent's camp and um you know keep keep curry favor with the players and such it's just the whole thing has just been absolutely gross and it's exposed a lot of the stuff that we all knew but didn't have to see forthright on a day-to-day basis and um it just yeah it's just gross and it sucks and frankly if it all went away and uh, baseball didn't exist anymore. I'm not sure that that many people would shed tears anymore. This this whole this whole system has got to go.
0: Well, the funnier I'm going to move back to Indiana uh, <laughs> because one of the funniest aspects of this entire thing right. is about to be just the ridiculous amount of tampering that's going to happen oh, oh. within this bubble.
1: Oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable! Do they even have buffets? Because all I, my my initial image was just a bunch of guys standing in line at the buffet, just tampering the bejesus, like it's high school lunch or something. But I don't even think they're going to have buffets because uh, not safe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> buffets don't seem safe. Yeah, I don't no. think that they can. But like, the amount that like guys are going to be trying to convince each other, hey, like come play for us, come play for us. Like hey, yeah, I know you're a free agent this summer. You know we got this going on, right? Like yeah. it's going to be fascinating. Like we're going to hear so many stories come October 20th whenever the off season like gets into high gear where it's going to be like, yeah, like I talked to so-and-so player, uh, you know, from Phoenix and understood that they had some cap space and I really got to know Devin Booker and like really liked them. And, you know, it just, we just hit it off. It's going to be like, yeah, the motherfuckers were tampering. Like this is going to be incredible theater. I think
1: it's, um, you know the the tunnels in the hallways around nba locker rooms are uh just rife with tampering uh, and then you have la and new york uh during the off season just just constant tampering um it's uh imagine those hallways the entire i mean just it's nothing but hallways the entire biodome is the hallway outside of these locker rooms where guys are tampering yep. <laughs> it's like it's going to be it's going to be wild if you it's just Take a look at the NBA rosters now and then um, just jumble them up. They're basically going to have a fantasy draft at the beginning of next year because <laughs> everybody's well, going to want to be moving from one place to another. <laughs> it's going to be wild. The,
0: funny, the fun part is going to be like look to see who moves from one team in the Yacht Club to another team in the <laughs> Yacht Club, from one team in the Grand Destino to another team in the Grandestino. Not like, even moving up yeah just like moving just like kind of shifting around because like typically there's like some like method to the madness right where like oh yeah someone wants to move up to a contender right we might just get some shuffling man like we might just shuffle the deck chairs here and it might just be incredible (laughs) theater
1: shuffling the deck chairs on the yacht club
0: (laughs) yeah shuffling the deck chairs on the yacht club um it's gonna be the best thing in the world to track dude, uh, who is, who's football. the most likely player to t- like we feel like i feel like lebron's probably going to be in there like trying to get oh. like dude come on come on first up, come to the lakers i live in la
1: apparently every member of the utah jazz they're only showing up in which to find new homes i mean they're, they're like a company that's going <laughs> down and they're showing up to the job fair early um it is that's that's just going to be a hot mess yeah you're right lebron LeBron uh, probably isn't going to be allowed to leave his room just by decree from the Los Angeles Lakers, and you know, common sense. Uh, but uh, I imagine that he's going to have a really nice room at the place. Uh, I don't know. Is he? Is he? Um, is he? Who's doing Space Jam? Is that a Disney operation, or is that DreamWorks, or I don't know? It Doesn't matter. It's a good uh,
0: question. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he has any Disney connections directly, uh, if he's on the payroll or not, but. Uh, I I would imagine that he's going to get a nice hotel room because he's LeBron James. And I imagine um, that there will be plenty of people just coming in and out, just having some chats, uh, trying to figure out how the Lakers who are the prohibitive favorites, according to Vegas. I mean, it is, uh, I think they're uh, one ninety, which is quite something when you consider like the, the Rockets are plus 1200. Um, He's got a, you know, people are thinking, Oh, this might be his last great chance. I'd argue that he probably has a couple more, uh, but, you know, this one seem is certainly more pressing than the others, and nothing is guaranteed, as we've certainly learned over the last couple of months on this planet. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be GM, and if Rob ain't there, that means the Bron can GM the team all by himself.
0: So I am really excited to see Zion Williamson again.
1: Oh my God! I it,
0: like there's there's no one that I'm more excited to watch.
1: The, this the entire world. system built just so that we could all see Zion for seven, eight more games. Just what what, what a way to go.
0: Right. Like, I am ecstatic to see Zion Williamson again. He is, like, above the playoffs, above – right now, at least. Mm -hmm. Like, above the playoffs, above uh, Kawhi Leonard, above LeBron, above Giannis. I am most excited to see Zion again. Just I'm just, like, simple when it comes to that. Like, I'm just willing to admit it. Like, I don't care. I just want to see Zion Williamson again because I love watching that dude play basketball. Who are you most excited to see play basketball when it comes back?
1: I mean, it's Zion one, and that's by a, a long shot. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> this is my twisted mind in action. Uh, I'm excited to see how little of a shit the uh, Portland Blazers give because they didn't want to go and now they all have to show up and how they all just want to go home. Like, and, and to see that juxtaposition play out in Dame Lillard, who is always given 100%, but clearly doesn't want to be there. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Um you know, the, as weird as this sounds like, the Kings were playing good ball down the stretch, and yep. um, I'm excited to see if, if they can keep that going. Uh, I'm not exactly excited to see Harden and Westbrook, but I think we'll see a lot of them. Uh, excited to see um, skinny Nikola Jokic out there doing whatever it is he possibly could do with without that heft that he once carried. Uh, maybe maybe he's just going to be a three a three now, just a, a three and D wing Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Interested, you know, I, this is this is Kawhi's kind of time. This is the perfect environment for Kawhi. He doesn't have to deal with anybody but friends and family and teammates. Like uh, the entire world is just sort of now Kawhi-fied. Uh and, and as 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 boring as he can be as a personality amid our soap opera digest breakdown of the NBA, um, he's awesome. He's just totally he's awesome. So good. He's so, so fucking good, at basketball. good. He's so fucking good. And uh, I'm really excited to um, To see what the Clippers have, because it's all in, right? Uh, I know that they have a couple yeah. more opportunities, yeah. But like uh, with the amount of tampering going on, uh, maybe they get better next year. Who knows? But uh, this is this is Kawhi's time. Kawhi shows up in the playoffs, and last year he, he won Finals MVP on zero legs. Uh, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Like he was. I cover the NFL a lot. Uh, I see the uh, physical toll that a game especially playoff games, take on these guys. Um, And some of that stuff is just etched indelibly in my mind, and it's uh, scarring, and it's something I have to kind of pretend to not remember when I cover the games a lot. And yet the, the kind of, uh, of that ilk, the thing that stands out to me most in terms of like injury and guy playing through injury and just someone who was hurting, just in a whole world of hurt, was Kawhi after game six of last year's NBA finals, walking out. Like he could barely celebrate, not that he's you know exuberant or happy to begin with, but he was, both of his legs were shot. I mean, he was done. And um, they needed every bit of what he had and a little bit more to win that title. And there's still questions if the Warriors had won that game six, if Kawhi had enough for even a game seven um, and what would have happened in that environment. But man, like Kawhi in the playoffs is something to absolutely behold. Uh, Maybe this rest has, has helped things out a little bit. Uh, And then there's LeBron who we know what he's done this season, uh, arguably though. I wouldn't argue it it was, but he's in the conversation, of course, for MVP after 200 something days off. given him a big fat break just before the home stretch just before the playoffs is uh i can see why the lakers are the prohibitive favorites and i'm fascinated to see how that how that manifests and, and and let's not underestimate uh the value for that with anthony davis as well i mean lebron yes he's he's older and he's heck, who who has more miles than lebron at this juncture but um, Anthony Davis is really the injury risk on that team, and if he goes down, that team does not have, I don't think, the guns to, to really compete for a title, even with LeBron on it. So um, that team, the Lakers in general, coming out uh, theoretically as fresh as they possibly could be, uh, given everything that's gone down fresher than they would be if, if the season had just played out normally, that's going to be fascinating as well.
0: I'll, I'm just going to be honest here too. Like
1: I can't. I didn't quit mention the 76ers. any Sixers. Yeah, isn't isn't that going to be a uh, because uh, there's so much it seems like there's so much dysfunction, and now it seems as if they're just going to be in a, a good place going in. Like what where, where's your head at with the Sixers?
0: Oh no, well, I I don't feel like that. I. <laughs> I, I uh, I've been hurt too many times by this 2019-26ers team to feel yeah. like they're ever going to go into uh, games again in a good place, right. but man, I just can't quit them. I want to see them succeed. I, I want, they have enough talent to be very, very good at some point this season Yeah, oh I yeah. demand to see that. Like, I want to see Ben Simmons was like sneaky, a 21-9-8 and eight guy on like, 60% shooting mm-hmm. over the course of the last 25 games of the year. Like he was awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the time the call like right after right around the time, like Joel Embiid went out and like, he really had to mm-hmm. carry them. Yeah. Uh, he was absolutely incredible. Um, I'm really excited to see that. I'm really excited to see uh, what Joel Embiid looks like after some rest. I'm really excited yeah. to see, can they make Al Horford work? Uh, I I'm a little <laughs> bit more skeptical of that one but be fun. we'll see uh, like it's there's just so many different things I'm excited for skinny Jokic I'm yep. excited to see uh this like middle pack of Western Conference teams oh, like
1: see Luka again all
0: of well yeah like all of Dallas, Houston, Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. Utah and Denver are all within four games of one another and if you take Denver out of that yep. it's Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston, and Dallas all within like two and a half games of each other. That's wild. It's going to be amazing. Uh, the race for an eighth in the West is going to be really good. Although Fun, I, I think film. Memphis is Memphis is in a really good spot. Yeah, that, I, think, I think because we, they got they got healthy again.
1: They got healthy, and beyond that, I think they've already played all of their games against Sacramento. Um, and I don't know if the Pelicans are actually in, in striking distance. to.
0: Well, what they do with the schedule is going to be really interesting just because they do have to do, like, something. They have to, like, slightly change the schedule somehow. Of course. Um, but their, like, next few games were very difficult. Um, like <laughs> no, they, had, they had Houston, Philly, Oklahoma City, Denver. And then, like, within this next stretch, like, Mavericks and then two games against the Raptors. So, yeah. Yikes. I don't know if they're still going to have to, like, play that difficult of a schedule. But you look at New Orleans as well. Like, New Orleans' schedule, New Orleans is hurt as much as anyone
1: by yeah. this, really. Because, yeah, they had an easy schedule.
0: Yeah, like, they had the easiest schedule left in the league coming down the stretch. But I don't know. We'll see. Like I think that it's going to be fun to track that race. Uh, oh, no, it has so many fun players. It has Zion. It has John Morant. It has Damian Lillard. De'Aaron Fox had started to turn it on late. Yeah. Like, Buddy Heald had really started to turn it on late. Like, Off I'm, uh, yeah, Like I'm excited to watch that race because of the sheer number of fun players. And by the way, like a guy that I'm really excited to watch yeah. was De'Andre Ayton. Like
1: oh big time. Yeah, good call.
0: DeAndre's leap defensively this year, and I'm writing about this for next week. It was substantial. He was like actually <laughs> a good defender mm-hmm. while averaging nineteen and twelve in oh, the yeah. center. It, it's like on. twenty one years old.
1: It's he on. is
0: starting to figure it out in a very substantial way that makes me, uh, makes me very intrigued for his future and still believes that he's going to be like the all-star caliber center that we thought he was entering the NBA draft.
1: Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you mentioned the 76ers already. there at plus 2,000 to win the title. So maybe this is our, you've already answered this question. It's 20 to gonna, 1. Tw- yeah, I think it's yeah 20 to 1. Um, who's your sleeper team? Right, Lakers are at 1.9 to 1. 9-1. You got the Bucks at 3 to 1 more or less. You got the Clippers at 3 to 1. You got the Celtics at 12 to 1. Rockets at 14 to 1. Raptors at 18 to 1. Nuggets at 20 to 1. Sixers at 20 to 1. I mean, and then we kind of we go from there. But is there a team that you think Uh, Because as much as we talk about, you know, getting into the playoffs is going to be interesting. I'm with you 100%. I'm really interested to watch that battle for the final spot in the Western Conference, maybe even more so than the seeding itself in um, in either the West or the East, just because home court advantage doesn't matter. (laughs) I don't know if they can add any rule that would make it matter more. Uh, And and home court whistle, uh, while it might still exist, isn't going to be as pronounced like uh travel isn't a thing like uh I I don't really care that much about that so it's it's one of those things where (laughs) yeah who's your sleeper who's the team that you think could could break through
0: I don't know that there's really a sleeper like I'll probably bet on the Bucks and Clippers at three to one I think both of those numbers are just too good yeah, to be honest, like, I'm with you. Um, like I, I think that, especially if the Lakers keep dropping in the way that they have so far, like they were at 250, I think to start, now they're down to 190. Like,
1: yeah, people are betting the bejesus out of them.
0: Yeah, like I, yeah, I think it's to be
1: expected. By the way, I mean that's Vegas. Vegas is a Lakers town. That just how it goes.
0: Yeah, like if the Bucks get down to like 400, I'll, I'll hammer the Bucks. Yeah, if the Clippers get down to like 400, I'll hammer the Clippers.
1: Yeah. Um, what what about let right me in, let, let me run a couple of teams by you real fast, and I just want to get your thoughts on them. The Celtics.
0: Interesting. I mean, the leap that Tatum took to where he's now like a top ten player in the league. Yeah. Like the way that he played from 2020 onward. Uh very interesting. They have the offensive firepower. Uh, I think that like Gordon Hayward is maybe one of the most interesting guys to watch because question. he was inconsistently great this season like always good but like inconsistently like was getting back to the level that he was at when he was with the Jazz prior to signing with the Celtics and unfortunately having that terrible injury right he has the ability to enter free agency this off season if he wants
1: <laughs> i don't know if he wants um, to given the current salary scenarios but yeah
0: <laughs> but theoretically, he could decide to and get a long-term deal, which might not be bad in the era of coronavirus. So, like, I would imagine he's going to come out and really play. Like, he's going to really, really play. So, I'm fascinated by them. Like, they can cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams if Jason Tatum continues being a top-ten player in the league.
1: I was talking to Jason Jones yesterday on on my radio show, and and yeah, he was he was big on the Celtics as as the guy. I'm I'm big on the Rockets. I know that sounds counterintuitive to kind of everything I stand for, but um, to
0: you is a person. I know.
1: Who I know, are you? I'm someone who understands that the world is upside down, and uh, you got to embrace it, or uh, or it's going to flip you. Um, it's. Uh, Listen, you got, you got James as much as we talk about like LeBron and Kawhi and some of these guys getting a rest right ahead of time, like who, who James Harden would tire himself out going for these, you know, regular season scoring titles and stuff. He he carries so much of a load in the regular season. And I don't know if it's a hundred percent, um, the issue as to why he seems to fade every year in the playoffs, but you can't tell me it's not part of the issue. And, um now there's this rest and uh see, you know home court home court, I love this,
0: uh, home
1: court doesn't matter either and so yes james harden needs the whistle but um he's not going to sort of get that um negative on the road whistle. And I think this is something that uh, I, I've experienced firsthand it, being down in Houston for enough of these playoff series. Now there's a negative energy to that Houston crowd. When Harden starts missing shots, when the Rockets start missing shots. Um, and maybe this is just because they keep playing the Warriors and that's the boogeyman. And I get it. And, and I'm not, I'm not uh, chastising in any way. Like this is something that I do all the time with my teams. Um, and, and, and bad, you know, I grew up in Chicago, bad energy is what we grew up on. But um It's it is interesting picking that up in in the home home court environment. Um, Right. If you know, I I think James Harden would be a really good pick if we were going to say like something like a closed door pickup game sort of a situation. Five on five. James Harden would be a really good player to have. It's not that different than what we're actually going to have. And uh, Westbrook has played a lot better since they got rid of an interior scorer uh or an interior defender uh they just went five smalls and uh westbrook has, has thrived i would argue in that situation now of course i, I
0: also think that the five smalls thing has yeah. a real chance to just throw teams off
1: 100 percent, 100 percent. now the it, it, and, and listen if they go up against the clippers who's going to score on the inside i mean zubach is zubach going to give you 20 no way um so you don't have to worry about it now there is a big issue against the lakers but um can we the problem
0: with the Clippers, though, is that the Clippers can actually slow them down on defense. Like they, True. Have, they have the horses that, like actually, like they have Kawhi, they have Paul George. That they, like they can play hyper small with Marcus Morris, yeah, Kawhi, Paul George across the front line. Listen, and it's it, basically the same as what the Rockets are doing. They're just better.
1: If I had to put money on it today, I would bet on the Clippers to win the title. But if I'm looking for if I'm looking for a, a fancy play here, uh, I, I just I feel like things are setting up. Pretty well for the Houston Rockets given the environment. Um, they don't have to again the fact that they don't have to travel, the fact which which is problematic for them when you know they are in the Western Conference and most of the Western Conference teams are far away uh, from them in Houston in the central time zone. Uh it's it's there there's something, well, here's, here's there's the something to this. Here's
0: the route for the Rockets. Mm-hmm. The Rockets need to get to the four five game. Mm-hmm. They Who need would that be playing? Be, they need it to be Utah, I think. Because oh, they yeah. can beat Utah. Like no question. They, they just, I, Listen, I, they can they beat, beat anybody. Playoffs, I mean, that, that, so that that's the standard. But they can beat anybody. It's just that, who has
1: the best percentage.
0: Well, I don't think they can beat the Clippers. I'm just going to say that. Like, I would be pretty stunned if they beat. The Clippers. I don't know. I've but I've, I've watched I, them play the Clippers. I like do that, do that matchup. Sorry, I do think that they cause problems against the Lakers hmm. because of the small ball lineup. Like, I think that the Lakers will probably figure it out. I'm not saying the Houston would beat the Lakers, yeah. but I think that there's more variance in that series to where, like, okay maybe something weird happens and the Lakers lose that series and someone else knocks out the Clippers on the other side of the bracket. hundred like, percent. I think that that's the road. Otherwise I, it's going to be like, like if the Rockets end up is the seven seed, they're losing in the first round to LA to the Clippers. If they end up as the sixth seed, Denver presents something interesting yeah. for them. Like I think that they have a shot, but then they just lose in the second round to the Clippers then. So like, yeah, I think, they, I think,
1: Listen, again, They need I, someone
0: to knock out the Clippers.
1: I'm high on the Clippers. I would, I would argue it's the Lakers that they need to lock out because you're, you're right that the small ball could create some issues for the Lakers who love playing uh, two bigs on the floor at the same time. But the, they can just run the damn LeBron, Anthony Davis, pick and roll through the high post again and again and again and again and again. And, again. and um, even if you just have JaVale standing in the corner uh, – it has to be respected. There's just nobody at the rim for to stop LeBron or Anthony Davis. That That's – listen, I, I think that the Rockets can beat anybody. They're a six seed, and, you know – Oh, they,
0: the the Lakers will play small in that scenario. They'll play, like
1: – I agree. I agree. Anthony and then that, Davis
0: at the five, and then, like, no JaVale or Dwight.
1: Right, but then that takes them out of the element that they – really like to play in for whatever reason. I mean, it, it, right. it's, it's not forward thinking. It's certainly not uh, the way that basketball seems to be going. Uh, that's not to say it's wrong. Just it, it isn't. It, it, I think It's, it's worked like hell this year. But, yeah, they really like it. And uh, I'm going to give credit to the Lakers for, you know, not doing that accidentally. Uh, right. <laughs> they keep running the same stuff on purpose uh, because it works. No, they've and been they great. Like so yeah
0: they they've been great, like I, I and by this, like I mean, like I feel like I'm shitting on the Lakers, and I don't mean to do that, like, no, they're, they're that the, prohibitive favorites, yeah, like I think that they would have like a seventy five percent chance to beat the Rockets in a playoff series, like, yeah I'm not, i I'm not sitting I, here saying like I don't they're know if I'd, lose I'd go to that high,
1: I just don't know if I go that high, I just think that there's I, I can. Okay, you give me the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that is tied with the Rockets in the standings. I can see them winning a series. I like the Thunder a lot. I think they're. I think they're a really interesting, fun team. I like them. I can see them winning around. I can't see them winning the title. I can't see the Denver Nuggets winning the title, even in this weird year. The Utah Jazz ain't winning the title. Um, yeah, Mavericks ain't winning the title. Like, but the Houston Rockets could absolutely win the damn title because they have that dude, and now he's rested. And now he's in an environment that's probably going to play better to his skill set. And, and by the way, they, they are doing another stuff. that dude. Yeah, right? exactly.
0: Russell Westbrook, who's been incredible since the calendar turned to 2020,
1: who now no longer has to be that dude every night. And you know, which brings out sometimes the, the bad aspects of that dude. Because for every dude, there are there are two sides, and they're not all good. So, um, it's yeah, I, I think that the Rockets are a uh, a, a really good bet at 14 to one. I I like it a lot, in fact. And, uh, yeah, as as a betting man, I think that as weird as this sounds, I'm I'm betting on Houston. Fuck, I might even be rooting for him.
0: Since uh, December 31st, Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook, 31.5 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Yeah. 53% from the field. Mm
1: -hmm. Because the the floors opened up. They didn't have anybody. They literally had Capella in the dunk spot all the time, and it just created a a person that – Westbrook had to go couldn't through. couldn't
0: play both Russ and Capella at the same time. It just didn't right. work,
1: unfortunately. Now, listen. Now, the lack of a, a man who can actually defend the rim might prove problematic. <laughs> I mean, usually that's a thing that matters. But it matters less now than it ever has, in my estimation. And, um, well, to me,
0: to me yeah, what down. they're doing is they're creating variance by doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, they are creating a real situation where they have a shot to be Course. good. Uh, and that's what's mo- that's like a great way to go about it when you're slightly less talented than the best teams at the top right because like I, we would agree they are a little bit less talented than the Clippers they are a little no bit question. less talented than the Lakers, Lakers. yes sir. we could say what it is right yeah um
1: and the odds reflect that but
0: yeah and the odds reflect that but they also have the ability to get hot for four out of seven games and cause real issues
1: unquestioned unquestioned I mean is there somebody? in the NBA who can, I mean, it's Giannis and Harden and Harden's game, no offense to Giannis, but Harden's game is more complete. And if, if Harden's going to have fresh legs this entire time, every single night he can go out there and drop 60, not 50, Mm -hmm. 60. And that fits inside the system. It's not like he's ball hogging. This is the system that they play (laughs) and he moves the ball enough. Uh, they they've just gone all in on this model and, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that it won't work. I can, I can easily see a way in which it works all the way. And um, that's not something that I thought could happen. And now again, they don't have to deal with so much of the pressure and the stress and the extracurricular that goes along with the NBA playoffs, which I think is stuff that they have not handled well in the past uh, as an organization on the whole. Uh, they, they did not have the, the mindset to be champions, but put them in a biodome where nothing is real. Who the hell knows? It's
0: amazing. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, let's, let's finish out doing this. Uh, what, I assume that you have not been watching as much sports. You have not gone and like rewatched basketball games. Right. So what are, what are you, what, movies over that, are right? you watching? what TV shows are you watching?
1: Sam? Um, first off, my, my love of the terrible, trashy television show Billions uh, will never die. Uh, I love it so very much. It's the worst thing. It is entourage for finance douches, and I can't get enough of it. Um, so I've been watching Billions. Uh, that's what I do every Sunday night. That's like my special Dieter time uh, where I watch my te- terrible television show that Heather can't stand and uh, smoke a cigar because, again, finance douche apparently. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I've really been doing, though, in, in the down times. Um, your boy got himself a, a, a PS3 and a copy of NCAA football 13 and um, has yeah. just been going to town. Uh, I I've played, we I, I got like three video games. I like video games. I don't play them all that much or didn't. Uh, and, and I got games coming out of my ears. We got a switch full of games. I got a PS4 full of games. I got that, you know, SNES thing going on. Um, uh, but I got this PS3 and, and, I tell you there's no game that's more immersive than NCAA football. And now 14 costs too much. I wasn't going to pay $100 for it. Though frankly I I kind of regret not doing that. Just considering how much NCAA time I spent on it.
0: 14 is $100?
1: Oh dude, yeah, people figured it out pretty early on. I think it's a bar stool thing um that uh, I still have
0: it. Like I I own it and have been Oh. It, so like...
1: <laughs> look at you fancy. Yeah, maybe maybe that's just a little little extra scratch on the side because um, 13 is, I would argue, better because of the recruiting system where you actually have to recruit uh, as opposed to just uh, allotting points. But that's neither here nor there. Um, it's yeah, it, it has just been fully immersive and uh, totally awesome. And uh, yeah, and then I've been trying to work out I've been trying to I played a lot of golf. It's not really working out. Uh, it's quite opposite sometimes. But uh, yeah, you know, I would like to come out of this whole situation looking better. Uh, feels like a, a big wasted opportunity. Like, you know, one of the the big issues that I have and, you know, I've always been a big chunky boy, um, is that I can do a diet, I can do the exercise regimens, but then, you know, life happens and there are 20 hour days that happen and it's really hard to stay disciplined and on track and eat the right things, particularly eating the right things when you're tired and you're stressed and you're just in the car going back and forth between team facilities and games all day. Uh, right. since that's not an issue right now, uh, not really sure what the fuck my excuse is to <laughs> not be dropping some LBs. So been trying to do that and it, it, it's gone better. You know, I, I started off with a nice big cushion at the beginning of quarantine because, um, I was a local hero for supporting all of the local restaurants around here and goddamn did I support them. But, um, yeah, it's been going okay otherwise, but, um, uh, you know, billions, NCAA football 13 and, uh, and, uh, riding the bike. It's been, uh. We talked about this, I think, before coming on. You know, I've been on furlough from the Merck because there's no sports and they're you know cheap, and um, it hasn't been an issue in in many regards. But uh, I didn't realize how fucking tired I was. All right. things considered, post Super Bowl until they're just like don't you know go on you know unpaid vacation, which is what I'm calling it. Uh, it's been awesome. I, I know, you know, listen, it's it, this is a uh privileged position to be taking, but um big fan of furlough. If you can swing it, uh highly recommend it because uh it's been nice to just just sit outside in the sun all day and read books and play in It's like hell yeah. I wish maybe I should have done something a little more productive than working on my bod, but um all things considered, uh been a pretty good quarantine.
0: Have you uh have you watched What We Do in the Shadows yet?
1: I love What We Do in the Shadows. It's um Heather and I's favorite show.
0: It is there. It takes a little bit of time to get to figure out what it had is. You, had you seen the movie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie yeah, yeah. is like one I reckon, of my favorite. I recommend the movie of, to
1: every. This is this is why I like yeah. you, Sam. Like this, I uh, I've seen the it's movie probably six or seven times at this juncture, and it's one of the. Uh, it's one of those films that you, if you don't get it, I just don't know if we'll ever get each other.
0: Right. It, it's absolutely exceptional. Um, the episode with Mark Hamill.
1: Yes. Jackie Daytona.
0: Where Laszlo I, becomes Jackie Daytona is one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen on television.
1: I think about that episode every day. I'm not even joking. I thought about it earlier today. Um, the toothpick being the disguise. Yes. Wait, was so...
0: Save save some of it for people to, like, watch
1: it. I'm telling you right now, um, there's only so much time we have before sports start up again and our lives go back to the soap opera. Um, What what we do in the shadows is two seasons. Uh, You will devour them. And uh, I believe it was season two, episode four, uh, which is the Jackie Daytona one. It's episode
0: six. Six.
1: Okay. Made me do a literal spit take. Um,
0: I literally had to watch it twice the same day. I like, have, when I watched it, I was, yeah. I was crying. It was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time.
1: Uh, when, J- when the name Jackie Daytona, like, popped up on the screen, <laughs> um, I just lost it. I just lost it. it, it yeah, the idiosyncrat- it, it, it's such a it's such an incredible premise. I just didn't realize how, like, idiosyncratic vampires were, but it's such a brilliant theme for, you know, kind of a mockumentary-style show. Because yeah. of all of the strange peculiarities of vampires that have just been built up in the, the myth over years and years and years. It's, it's absolutely outstanding. And um, Jesus Christ, what's the energy vampire's name?
0: Uh, uh, Colin Robinson.
1: Colin Robinson's the funniest person on television.
0: It's so funny. Colin is, Robinson kills me every time.
1: It is. It is perfectly cast. And uh, I just, I, yeah, uh, we have to pause the show because I'm laughing so hard. And I'm not usually yeah. like a laugh out louder on TV stuff. Couldn't I'm usually like a quiet, like, you know, giggle person. I'm I'm howling. I'm howling at the television. That show is so damn funny. Couldn't it's recommend it more. amazing. Ten out of ten. Hundred out of a hundred, thousand out of a thousand.
0: It's absolutely incredible. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Um yeah, I watched The Five Bloods. That was okay. amazing. It's one of the best movies I've seen, not just this year, uh, in the last few years.
1: Okay, I will even. check that out.
0: It's a little long, but like Delroy Lindo's performance, w- what you've read about it, yeah, might not even do it justice.
1: It's, oh wow! Okay.
0: He's he is going to win an Academy Award this year for it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, will he be in supporting or like lead? It, he's going to win.
1: It's got it. It's if he
0: doesn't win, it's like. It it there will have to have been some other unbelievable. Daniel Day Lewis secretly
1: came out of retirement.
0: Right, like something just totally ridiculous like that. Um, what else have we? What else have we watched? I have like a list. I've been keeping track of. Yeah, you. Things. You're I've been good about reading that. a lot. What yeah, have you been I've reading? I've been reading a lot too. What have you been liking? I I've been reading. Um. Recently, I've been trying to read more about just, like, the black experience in America. Yeah. Um, Like, I read Between the World and Me. I'm reading Mm -hmm. a book on Martin Luther King right now. Um, Before that, I read the Steve Cohen book, Black Edge. Oh, I
1: don't Um, know that one.
0: i read American Kingpin, which Mm -hmm. is the, uh, like, Silk Road book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you recommended that one to me.
0: That one's really good. That okay. one's really, really good. I didn't really love – the Black Edge was just fine, I thought. Is that
1: the same person who wrote that as that wrote the Wire article or the three Wire articles?
0: I don't know. Because I, I really
1: know. liked the Wired articles like three four years ago. I'll look it up.
0: Yeah. Um, but, but like – I mean like Steve Cohen for people who don't know is like who Billions is based off of. Yeah. Like the entirety of like what the Black Edge book is is like the you know underground like basis for Billions. Right, um, so I'm all the like, way
1: in for no good reason. See, see like I, can, I
0: really like Billions too. Billions I really is like
1: great. Billions is awesome. It is so over the top. Um, I don't know if it's in on its own joke anymore, but like I don't care. It's so good. Uh, I, I just no, I'm with you. It's it's it's. Um, it's, like, Billions is my kind of escapism, because I can still feel like it's slightly smart. I, do, I don't really trust the people who really think it's, like, really smart and clever, because it, it's kind of kitschy at certain points, but, like, I don't know. Like, Paul Giamatti's ridiculous. Like, how am I not supposed to be enjoyed by that? And Damian Lewis is, like, pretending like he's Daniel Day-Lewis, and it's like, just let's have some fun.
0: No, it's the most over-the-top show in the world in every way, but it works, like, because of its excess.
1: Totally. Of. Totally, totally, and I'm sure that somebody's like, "Well, that's that's a built-in metaphor." It's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> like, this isn't a I metaphor. I mean, it, it might be, but it, it doesn't might. make it more <laughs> ridiculous. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the answer. If this is a what? this is a if this is a <laughs> metaphor, one, it's missing most people, and two, like, you're not that smart.
0: <laughs> right, like, don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> I mean, like, just, show just is enjoy
1: this preposterous show.
0: Um. What else have I watched? Uh, Arkansas was fine. Okay. Uh, the rhythm, the rhythm section with Blake Lively should have been better. Hmm. I haven't even heard um, of that. Yeah. Th- you don't to need think. to Watch
1: it. Okay. Fair enough. I will ignore. Uh. What else? What else?
0: Oh, the the movie with Chris Hemsworth. I don't think I've talked about that yet. Extraction is that the, what,
1: is that the one where his name is what, what's his name Rake and he kills someone with a rake?
0: Yes. How's
1: that? It's awesome. Okay, good to know.
0: The The direction is incredible. It's directed by um, one of the stunt people who was, like, Chris Evans' stunt person oh. for, like, Captain America. Okay. And he did all of the stunts, and um, he was, like, a stunt coordinator for the Avengers movies. Uh, it is... it,
1: it, on first reference, that doesn't seem like something that would directly lead to directorial okay. debut but actually it makes perfect sense if you're trying to make an action movie.
0: Yeah, it's actually an incredibly uh well-directed debut
1: feature. Is it uh, it's is it like John it's super Wickian?
0: Creative. It's super creative in the same way that John Wick is mm. in terms of like action set pieces.
1: Okay. Kind of what kind of it's, uh what kind of side stories do we have going on or is it just straight to the point? Cuz that's what I love about John Wick that it's just like we're not This really was pretty
0: straight to the point.
1: Yeah. That's what that's what I like. I showed up for an action movie. I don't want any of this nonsense on the side.
0: Yeah, it's really good.
1: Um I will watch it. Yeah, that. I think that
0: that's it in terms of like new stuff that I've watched.
1: Listen, uh, the only people who are going to be allowed to go to the movies, NBA players watching Black Widow on the lawn right after Homeward Bound.
0: <laughs> right after Homeward Bound. Maybe see that's a reason people. to get into the bubble,
1: right? <laughs> Let's go see yeah, go new see Disney Black movies. Widow. Yeah. Tell the people where
0: they can find your work, Dieter.
1: Uh, At Dieter on Twitter, uh, San Jose Mercury News, on the weeks I work there. Uh, KMBR if you're in the Bay Area or anywhere on the West Coast at at night, uh, 6 to 10 most evenings. So uh, how about it?
0: I love it. Go listen to Dieter. Go uh, read his work. Next week – well, today I published a big board, uh, updated big board. Look at you. Uh, Within it, I also – Kind of just threw down a ton of, like, notes I've been taking from uh, conversations with NBA executives about guys that have performed really well in interviews, uh, guys whose backgrounds have checked out really, really well. Um, Also threw in as much as I know right now about the NBA Draft Combine. It's not a crazy amount. like, Like, it's very fluid but there's a lot of good information in there about what the NBA is going to try to do on the NBA draft combine front. Uh, And then next week I am doing, I'm finishing rookie scale rankings. Finally, they will all all be published. There are six articles left. I have Kings, Grizzlies, Celtics, Pelicans, uh, Kings, Grizzlies, Celtics, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Hawks. Those are the final six teams. I have updated the rookie scale ranking order, um, just the team rankings. And then I've also done a big 50 prospect ranking of who the best prospects currently in the NBA are. So that'll go up next week. Um, And then I'll have a couple other things hopefully as well. So keep it locked over at The Athletic. Go subscribe. uh, And we'll go from there. But until next time. We'll talk soon. Bye.